Three, two, one. Get the music going. Vincent Van Gogh cut off his ear. Did he do it for love? Did he do it for Should we start over? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Juju. You know, that is as good right here on Zoom as it is on WATD. And I just want to give a shout out to WATD because without them, we would not be doing the Dr. Joe show right. right now. So thank you, WATD 95.9 FM. You can turn us in tomorrow night. Eight, Clock. We're actually going to be doing a live show from there as well. Good. So, how's everybody doing? How you guys doing? Uh, it hasn't really set in yet, uh, in terms of if we're talking about cabin fever. Or, you know, we're lucky we get to go outside still. Uh, yeah. Oh, Mark, I've got a joke for you. Okay, let's hear it. What do you get when you put a boomer? a Gen Xer and a millennial together. Mark, what do you get? What do you get when you put a boomer, a millennial and a Gen X together? The Dr. Joe show. (laughs) Hopefully that's not a joke. Okay. So yeah, that's great. So folks, you know, let's, uh, let's be real about this. Um, There's a lot going on right here in Massachusetts and around the country, around the world. It's really happening. It's really happening. And I just want to immediately give a, a an honest and sincere condolences to all those people who have already lost family members. Let's, yeah. let's be real about it. It is, it's a sad thing, but it's happening. So for all of those folks, we are here for you. If you have any, any concerns, any questions, you just want to talk with someone, contact us right here through the Dr. Joe Show. We, we, we don't have a website quite yet, or do we, Tom? We're working on it, right? The closest we have to the website is our Podbean blog. Okay, so how do they get to that? That'd be at leapodbean.com forward slash Dr. Joe Show. Let me check that right quick. And people can reach out to me at www.drshran.com because those uh, we do have email link there, and they will eventually get to me. We have somebody monitoring. Can I, those. Can I make? Can I make a recommendation? Please. <laughs> Since they're watching us on Facebook, can they just contact us through Facebook? <gasps> yeah, no, that is the intuitive. Uh... Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, no, Mark. That's why like you're so so which which generation uh, uh, are you? Millennial. And which am I? Boomer. I don't know if yeah, you and, can say it. I can't. <laughs> oh, and That's Tom. His word. 
I am the last. I'm, I would say I'm the last millennial. I hit the cutoff right exactly. Okay. I'm the Gen. I, I was kidding. I'm a Gen Xer kid. You know, smells yeah. like Teen Spirit. Mr. Latchkey. Right. Yeah. So let me uh, let me just review some stuff. Okay. So we've got a lot of anxiety going on in the world. We have been talking about one very simple technique to manage anxiety called the four R's: recognize, rate, remember, reflect. Recognize you're anxious. Don't try to avoid it. Face it head on. Put your hand on your forehead. Put your prefrontal cortex in play. Recognize you're anxious. Rate it between one and ten. Also a thinking function. And then remember it always gets less because it does. And then reflect what was I thinking that made me anxious. I do have people who worry that they're going to die. And I say to them, Every time you think you're going to die, it means you're alive. That means you're alive and you can use that and we will stay alive. We are going to get through this. It is real. It's getting scarier, but we are a team. We are going to do this together. One of the first rules I teach all my medical students and residents and everybody who works with me, never worry alone. You do not need to worry alone here either. Contact us, as Mark says, right through the Facebook page. Don't worry alone. You don't need to worry alone. Um, and we will all survive. You know, we will survive this. Uh, tonight, uh, I was talking with my drugstore theater kids, um, and they've been writing. And if it was okay with you, I actually wanted to share uh, a couple of writings for them that, that, that they wrote. They've given me permission to do it. So let me just, let me just get that here. This one is from... Um, uh, Margaret, uh, who is a senior in a high school. And the seniors in high school are really struggling because it's meant to be this, this sort of emergence into uh, a new life. And graduating high school is a big deal. And going to the prom and, you know, she's ready to go to college. And she has made all these really dear friends. And she was telling me that the other day she drove to a parking lot and her friend drove to the same parking lot and they were two parking spaces away from each other in an empty parking lot, rolled their windows down and were able to spend a little time with each other. That's what my brother and sister-in-law did for their friend's birthday. Just went to uh, Brant Rock. Just They made little signs and everything to put on their windows. Yeah. yeah. Inventive, so, but a little sad too. It, it's inventive. I was, uh, I was driving back um, to the house today and I was driving down a road that I drive down every day. And there were two women, senior citizens. I've never seen them before, but they were out walking. One was on one side of the road and one was on the other. And I had to stop. I rolled down both windows and, and had to chat and congratulate them for, you know, complying. I mean, it was, it, it's it's something out of a movie. I still, I, I can't get over how surreal all of this is. And and for those seniors, both college and high school, I mean, my heart breaks. I keep hearing these stories and then prom and then this and then that. It's supposed to be that time. So scribing, my friend, Dr. Joe, I love it. I love that they're doing it. But can you do me a favor? Yeah. Can you explain to our viewers what and who drug story theater people are? Because some of our viewers may not know. Sure. So uh, actually, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about it tonight. 
Drug Story Theater is my nonprofit. We take kids in the early stages of recovery. We teach them improvisational theater and we use psychodrama uh, where they create their own scripted shows about the seduction of addiction to and recovery from drugs and alcohol. And then they perform these shows for middle schools and high schools. So the treatment of one becomes a prevention of many. That's our slogan. The treatment of one becomes a prevention of many. But in between each scene of the show, the kids step out of character and they do these PowerPoint presentations teaching the audience about the neuroscience of adolescent brain development and why it's at such risk for addiction. All the kids in the audience take a pre-show neuroscience quiz and then they take the same quiz after the show. And we are measuring how kids who learn about their brain change their perception about drugs and alcohol, not trying to scare them, we're not trying to scare them because as they say in the show, if your brain's gonna choose between fear and pleasure, it's gonna choose pleasure every time. But we teach them about the adolescent brain development. We talked about this last night um, on, uh, on our show and we can go over some of that, but that's what we're doing. And we're finding that kids who learn about their brain are just less likely to use. Why give it away? Why give your brain away this coolest thing that you have to drugs and alcohol. So that's what drug story theater is. So let me read this one thing from uh, one of our kids, Margaret. Margaret was asked to do a prompt. So we have a prompt that you can actually get online at, at pretty much anywhere. It's, a, it's um, a wonderful writing prompt and people may want to do it. It's a once upon a time prompt. So this was Margaret. So I'm just gonna read it. She's giving me permission. Once upon a time, there was a girl who struggled to find a group of friends at school and every day sat alone during lunch until senior year when she finally settled down with a good friend group. Because of that, she started going to school. And because of that, she got better grades and became more motivated to reach her goals until finally school got canceled indefinitely. And ever since that day, she's been hoping she can see those friends again before they all part ways for college. Jesus. Doesn't that give you chills? It gives me chills. Because it, it's, it's just, real. It's real. It's real. And it, it captures, again, what so many kids are probably experiencing. All these seniors in high school, heart goes out to them. All these seniors in college, my heart goes out to them because this was not meant to happen. There was not meant to be this disruption, this question, am I going to walk and get my degree? Am I going to get my diploma? Am I going to go to prom? Am I going to hang out with my friends? So Margaret has found a way to begin expressing it. And I just want to tell you the prompt. We can, we can put it on there on the Facebook page, but it's a writing prompt that you guys may want to do at home. It starts off, once upon a time, there was. And then you just write from there. And then the next thing you say is until one day. And then you write from there. And then you write because of that. And you write from there. And because of that. And you write from there. Until finally. And then you write from there. So. And then the last thing is, and ever since that day. So why am I telling you this? Because we have a time to do things. 
I hope people are being creative at home. I hope that they are writing if they write, playing music if they play music. I've got another kid. I'm going to read something a bit. What he does, uh, his name is Jacob, Jake, and what he does is he paints jackets. So it's the coolest thing. They're beautiful. So he, he is starting a business, Jake's Jackets, where you can give him a jacket and he will create this beautiful, beautiful work of art on the jacket. He's got special paints that don't come off the, uh, the fabric and, and they're gorgeous. So let's just spend a couple of minutes just thinking about these kids um, who, uh, who are having to manage this disappointment for no fault of their own. You know? It's really sad. I mean, I talked to a buddy of mine today. Um, it's fun. Um, Brett Weinroth is his name, a college buddy of mine. He actually reached out having seen the Dr. Joe show and um, he was intrigued and, and it was kind of funny. He's like, so help me understand what you're doing, you know, because I went to college with him. We've always stayed in touch, but moved around and families and time and all that. And he, he said, um, are you a patient of his? So uh, I said, well, technically not. I don't have to pay for it. But every week on Thursday, I, uh, I sit down and, and I've gotten better for it. But we were talking about his son. He is a senior in high school and he's a baseball player and he's at a really competitive sports high school in Pennsylvania. And, you know, he got some time last year, but this was going to be his year. Yeah. You know, this is going to be the year where he got to play and be, part, you know, I mean, he was part of it. He was part of the team, but, you know, he wasn't in it, in the everyday lineup, like he was going to be this year and expected to be this year. And it's, it's sad. And, 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 you know, they all have a good attitude about it. They're like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's just baseball, right? It's just the prom, you know, and people are spinning it in really positive ways, but, you know, if I was a senior in high school, I, I, I'd be really, really bummed out, really bummed out. And I, you know, I, I would blame, you know, you'd have the denial, you know, the denial phase. And then, you know, what did I do to deserve this? And, you know, my family's in the other room right now watching uh, The Pursuit of Happiness with Will mm. Smith, you know, and just kind of putting a ton of perspective around things. And, um, you know, my heart breaks. I mean, Becca was on our first episode of this, this um, new medium. And um, I mean, my heart breaks for her. Has she, what's, what's going on with her right now? So, so Becca is my, my youngest daughter, who's a senior at Berkeley College of Music. And they're really worried that they're not going to have their, their walk. And, and she's, um, she's getting degrees in film scoring. And so her capstone project is on hold. She's meant to be writing the score for a documentary and everything's on hold. But tonight, Becca has created a new game, an online game that she is field testing with her brother here, her boyfriend here, her sister in New York, and her other brother in Nashville and some other folks in Chicago. So they, it's, it sounds like a really fun game and we will definitely be telling you more about it here on the Dr. Joe Show on Facebook because it's gonna be great. Another thing that I can't wait, you know, it's going to be really fun. Sophie of uh, Science with Sophie um, is uh, planning on releasing lesson plans through Science with Sophie 
uh, that you can either pay for, or she wants people to be able to get them free, but of course she's a nonprofit too. Um, uh, I don't know if she's a nonprofit, but she has a company and those are gonna be coming out. So people have little kids at home and they wanna pay a couple of bucks for some absolutely unique, amazing lesson plans that they can do together. Uh, just watch for that. She has a mailing list of about 3,000 or more people on it. Uh, wow. So keep your eyes out. But you can go to Facebook, um, you know, Science with Sophie, uh, and uh, become a Facebook friend, subscribe to her YouTube, uh, Science with Sophie. They are amazing. If you haven't seen them, they're great. You know, obviously, she's my eldest kid, but she did win. Uh, independent of any of my accolades, the 2018 International Academy of Web Television Best Children Web Series. So check out Science with Sophie. Cool. So that's, that's hey, cool. So you bring up, bring up a good point. It's something that I keep saying over and over throughout this whole ordeal is um, create, don't complain. Hmm rather create than complain and there's such an opportunity to create i mean there's such a there's such a higher purpose to this i i really truly believe it you know people are coming together as a family getting to know one another you know we've talked about this we've touched on it pretty much every episode but you know people's busy lives they're rushing around and and all of a sudden it's it's gone and now we have this massive amount of time that some people are really stressed about because they don't know how to fill that time and others are starting to realize wow we've been really missing out on some really important things mm -hmm. that we now can do we had my family had lunch together today mm. lunch you know, I feel it's like rare enough that people have dinner and we had lunch together you know this is gonna the old days this is gonna really be a boon i think for the millennial generation because i think they've been gripped by this mindset of uh just put your head down until you're like 35 then start thinking about family uh and i've heard that time after time and i feel like you can have both you really can uh there are enough hours in the day and so i think there's this weird sort of sickness and this pendulum swinging between slacker culture in the 90s and hustle culture now uh, you can have a life. You really can. Uh, and I think, you know, even in July, there's a, a girl that I've been talking to for a while and I have the credit from uh, this live show that I was going to be in the weekend in LA. I still have the credit from that. They didn't give me a refund. Of course they didn't. But I'm going to fly to Mexico and just see, spend a little more time with her and see where do we want to take this. That's something that was completely a ridiculous concept just a month ago. And now we're taking time for it. You know, Tom you, you, and Mark, you, you make good points. And I hope people can, can see the silver lining in this. We've been moving way too fast. John Lennon, right? Life is what happens to you when you make another plans. What a brilliant line. It's time to get back into this. Yes. There's a lot of sadness. There are losses for some people. There's a lot of anxiety. But you can look at it that way, or you can turn it around and say, what you think affects what you feel. You think about something sad, you feel sad, anxious, you feel anxious. 
but happy, you feel happy. And I got to admit, right. you know, I, I, I'm not being Pollyannish in this, but I agree. There's, there's a way to make something out of this. And folks, you know, I, I really hope that, that you can take a moment and write in your thoughts to us here at the Dr. Joe Show on our Facebook. Write in your questions, write in your concerns, write in what's going on. You know what would be great is I asked our kids today to, to really do the small change and have a big effect and to give a suggestion to each other kid what small change they can make to find a little bit more joy in their lives just today. And all of it really came to being creative. It was about being creative. It was about spending that time with the family. It was about slowing down. Let's slow down. You know, slow down. You move too fast. You got to make, right. was it the morning last? People were oh, saying, uh, song. right? Slow down. You move too fast. Boom. Got to make the morning last just. All right, I won't. Oh, yeah. No, I remember this. It was a. I know. Mark, it was the poem at the end of Four Hour Work Week. Right, and I think it was Simon and Garfunkel. Didn't they do it? Maybe we'll have to find out. If if Ben Nipotent was there, we could we could check it out. So funny, um, funny. Uh, you say Simon and Garfunkel. I was just listening. My um, so Timmy, Timmy has decided that he's going to be a barber. So he cut my hair. <laughs> Very he nice. A, Woo! He look at a, that. A little, he created a little barber shop in our basement and he wanted it to be like an old time basement. I mean, an old time barber shop. So he found some of my old Elvis artifacts and he's got some hat from the Halloween bin that we have downstairs. He created like a little barber shop and we were playing some Elvis over Spotify and um, he covered bridge over troubled water. And I was like, Oh God, uh, Ugh, here we go. Yeah. Wonderful. Bridge over troubled water. Oh, is he playing it now? <laughs> it's our, it, we're, you know, we're doing karaoke right here, folks. So that's tomorrow, right? We, we would normally do karaoke after the episode. At the, have we figured out how we're going to broadcast through ATD tomorrow? We're going to figure that out. We'll figure that out. Monica, if you're listening, we sure do miss doing karaoke there. But more than that, we miss you and all of your staff there at the Ming. There's going to be one hell of a reunion party. Woo, you, you betcha. Know, you know what's funny with this this background I've seen, I've done? I can, uh, I can make it say, uh, hang on, this whole mirror concept. There's Ming Soon. I love it. That's great. Ming Soon. <laughs> Woo! That's perfect. That's perfect. Hey, well, this that's is, a half hour. Are we going to start doing these for a half hour? Do you like my background? I do. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you. That's that's my. That's right, uh, Bernadette. I, I think I think we are going to do these for half an hour. Let me let me read this other thing that Jacob wrote though. Okay. Okay. Because again, I asked my kids in drugstore theater. Uh, and we we are still meeting every week. It's it it is their therapy. They come together. They're all staying sober, which is the coolest thing, and that's part of why we're meeting because, you know, it's this sobriety is a marathon, not a sprint. These kids are all in recovery themselves, and they know that the pressure they're under, the boredom they feel, and the stress could be the trigger that they go and relapse and they are coming together and staying sober. I'm so proud of them. But this is from Jacob, okay? Uh, 
what just happened there. As soon as I did that, of course, it banged down on me. I'll, I'll read it to you in a, oh, I'll get it from over here. Well, um, um, we're still meeting on Fridays because there's a there's an overriding goal that's still in place, pandemic or not, right? That's right. You want to tell them about is, it, Mark? Tell them. Yeah. Tell them so what our this goal concept is. Of, this concept of drug story theater that Dr. Joe has created um, really hit me close. Um, not because I, you know, experience it or have any kids that experience it, but I just understand it. And, and it really, you know, I'm, I lead with my heart and it hit me in the heart really hard. And what he's doing and what he's created with this psychodrama, I said, Dr. Joe, everybody needs to see, like we have a huge, you know, we're talking about an epidemic of a virus. So what has gone on the back burner? I mean, the pandemic with a virus, but what's gone on the back burner is our epidemic right. of opioids. Right. But when we come out of this, it could be a lot worse. I mean, we could have a big problem on our hands that we're not even really, I mean, that's the, that's the, the black swan that people talk about, right. That it's so obvious that this could be a huge problem, but people aren't really seeing it right now. But the goal that Dr. Joe and the drug story theater team of which Thomas and I are both card carrying members is that every sixth grader and their parent see this production because it's set up to get them before. And we've identified sixth grade as that moment in time. So what we're doing is we're working together with the team to get a, um, a video production of it so that everybody can see it. And I'm really excited about it, but we're meeting. I thought that's what you're starting to say. We're still meeting, blah, blah, blah. We, we meet as a team on Friday mornings right. to push this, push this forward. And, and um, you know, I just want to let people know how hard this man is working to be able to muzzle that epidemic. And it's, I, I truly believe that he's going to be the guy that people look to and say, Thank you, Dr. Joe. You actually slowed and stopped what could have really impacted a whole generation. It's all too abstract for a lot of people. Needs a face. Well, thank right. you. Thank you. And and I couldn't do it without you, but I couldn't do it without these kids. And, you know, um, we do have some video clips that we can play of, of some of the shows that, that uh, Tom helped to edit out. Um, and you know, as, as we move forward with, with talking about the Dr. Joe show, about what we're doing, but also about Drug Street Theater, uh, I'll keep everybody informed. At some point, we are going to make this film. We are very, very fortunate that once we get the funding, uh, we have Wall Street Productions ready to step in. Jim Wahlberg uh, has already uh, committed to this. We just need to get the kids together, the funding together. And then we will do it. And there really is some urgency to it, folks. So if anybody knows about, you know, any funding streams, this is the time to let us know, because we do want to get this out right now. Because imagine if this, um, you know, lockdown goes on for long enough, we're going to have all these parents and their kids at home. They can watch it together. We'll give them all sorts of things that they can do and discussion about it and exercises about it. But it's, it's a pretty amazing production. So we'll talk about that more and then we'll get more into the, the brain science of that. But I know that, you know, we're, we're going to be trying to shut these things down within half an hour. But let me read this. 
because I think this also captures what a lot of our kids are feeling, but maybe even what a lot of our adults are feeling. It's very articulate. I'm going to read it to you. I miss my friends. I miss their encouraging words that lift me above the whole of depression I reside in. I miss the feeling of normalcy. I miss the feeling of freedom that came along with even just taking a walk to the Dunkin' Donuts by my house. I miss being able to watch fields wash by as I'm riding the train to work. It's odd how much you miss the smallest of things when transportation is basically illegal. It's odd how amazing fresh air can feel after not being able to go outside due to a fear of possible death. Which brings up another point, constantly being in fear of signing your own death certificate just by walking out your front door or stepping into a car to go anywhere at all. You never know who may be a harbinger, who may not. That fears that fear outweighs a huge weight, puts a huge weight on one's shoulders. It may even bring about other fears long buried. For example, my fear of abandonment has resurfaced its disgusting head. Not being in constant physical contact with my loved ones makes me feel like I might never see them again. Like I should just hold on to and clutch the moments that I can see them close to my heart. It's all a horrific ordeal, truly. 19 years old. Wow. Yeah. So I read that because I think it resonates with so many people that they are now thinking about a lot of the losses that they've had in the past, the abandonments. And this kid is at risk for depression. He's feeling depressed. But then what does he do? He comes into our online Zoom community, Drugstory Theater, Wednesday night, and he shares that with a group of people in what he calls a no-judgment zone. We need to do this for each other all the time. We're going to be feeling these feelings, and it is perfectly fine to talk about them. I encourage you to talk about them. It's not going to make them worse. They're there. It can only make them better to share this worry. It is not a weakness to feel sad or scared or angry. These are human feelings, and we can embrace them. But as I say, there's nothing wrong with the feeling. It's what you do with it that matters. That's what we can do. We can come together, and that does matter. So we can do it. So I want to thank Jacob for sharing that and giving me the permission to share it with all of you and Margaret for sharing her piece about high school and being willing to share that with all of you as well. And one day, maybe we'll have them on the Dr. Joe show and they can just chat with us and zoom That'd in great. like this, you know, tell you a bit about what's going on with them from their perspectives. Yeah. Remember from their perspective, I just want to point out that these kids would not share their perspective if they didn't feel respected and valued. And that's what Drugstory Theater is all about. That's what my entire mission has been about, is just to remind someone of their value. And the way you do that is by treating them with respect. 
And that respect leads to value, that value leads to trust. These kids would not be sharing these stories with me and letting them share, letting me share them with you if they didn't trust and know that they weren't gonna be judged for it. They were gonna share their stories because they knew they were valuable. So I wanna thank them, thank them. We've got other kids who also have written stories who are willing to share them. I just wanna give a shout out to, to them too, because I know that they may feel dismissed um, and less cared for. So Melvin and Dylan and Heather and Emily and Shana and everybody else who's been part of Drug Street Theater, thank you so much for what you're doing. Couldn't do this without you. So- Looking forward to seeing them again. Yeah, it's gonna be great. So folks, Drug Story Theater, part of it, Dr. Joe show, the I am approach, I think what we'll do tomorrow night is maybe go a little deeper into the I am approach um, and uh, tell you a bit more about that. Yeah. You can certainly look it up. Uh, at some point, we're going to have links. Mark is going to help me out and Tom's going to help me out. So you can actually buy a couple of the books that I've written uh, because you may have some time to read them. And by the way. Yes. I don't know if I shared with you, but um, you know how our office is closed, but, but there is a uh, foyer outside of our office and I have a table and I've spread out some fear reflex and um, do you really get me books for people to just grab if they're looking for something to read and Great. Um, just take one. It's awesome. Awesome. And then we'll figure out a whole bunch of stuff. So um, I want to thank everyone. We're going to be on the air. We're going to shift our time, our start time, probably to eight o'clock to coordinate with our uh, WATD time. And if anybody has anything that they want to talk about or they want us to talk about, shoot it over to Facebook. We will respond. And um, I know we've got some folks who are watching every night. Peter's out there. Thank you, Peter. Who else we got? We got a bunch of folks. Monica's out Linda. there. Thank you very much for tuning in. Folks, Yeah. anything else Thanks, we need Jared. to know tonight? Anything else either of you want to talk about? Well, I appreciate you calming us one more evening through this uh, this new normal that we're living in. And, you know, I, I just like to say, create, don't complain. Just continue to stay super positive and see the see the value in what's going on right now and not just freeze and see all negative because there's there's a lot of good that's going on right now. There is. Tom, anything on your mind you want to end with? Not that we have time for, but I'd say, again, you're the perfect person to be talking about this, especially to a captive audience. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So tomorrow night, we'll be back here. We'll be starting at 8 o'clock through WATD. Tune in then. Bye, guys. See ya. Vincent Van Gogh, cut off his ear, did he do it?